0: Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. Anybody beside Hector excited for the word this morning? Yeah. Can you just tell somebody, whoa? Whoa. That's all I gotta say sometimes during worship. Whoa. Wow. Let's pray real quick, real quick. Say God move me. Challenge me, touch me, scare me, bless me, shake me, just don't leave me the way I walked in. Amen. I, 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 did, it, I did it already. Amen. I'd like to start with a quote. Here's our quote this morning. Everybody ready? Don't, don't get tired on me now. You should have left when it started getting hot. You're in trouble now. Here's the the quote. It remains a startling story to those who never understand that the men and women who are truly filled with light are those who have gazed deeply into the darkness of their imperfect existence. It remains a startling story to those who never understand that the men and women who are truly filled with light are those who have gazed deeply into the darkness of their imperfect existence. Listen, listen, listen. Never confuse your perception of yourself with the mystery that you really are accepted. Just, just, just put a hug on yourself right now. I know it looks a little G, but you know. Well, amen. The fast is over. <laughs> you see, the ones that are really excited, those are the ones that were fasting. The, other, the rest of you, you don't understand what that means. That, that alone, could, we could clap for a half hour. The fast is over. Amen. But the benefits of the fast will continue long after we've eaten our last wheat bagel. I don't want to see another pepper for at least two or three months. Amen? But how many of you, I mean we heard a testimony already, but how many of you were blessed during this time of fasting? Amen? I mean, I mean there's, some, there's something physical, there's something emotional, there's something uh, spiritual that, that, that just blesses us during this time of fasting, amen? You, you, we see it in the worship, we see it in the attitudes, we see it in the prayer. We see it in, in our interactions with one another. We see it, we feel it. See, the fast was just a way to teach us some things, Amen? Sometimes God has to get our attention in a certain way. And so the fast was just a way to teach us some things. A way to get our soul in line with our spirit. See, remember, we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Right? And too often our souls, and our soul is our mind, our will, our intellect, our our desires... Too often, our, our, that, that part of us, that soul, fuels our desires and cause the body to do things that would harm us. Anybody? Any imperfect people here today? So, Too often, see, so we fast in order to break, to weaken the bondage to the flesh and strengthen our spirit so that we can walk in the spirit and please God. I hope you understood that and, and know why we fasted. We fast to weaken that bond so that we can walk in the Spirit and please God. Here's a scripture. Romans 8.5 says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind set on the flesh is death. That's real weak, right? The mind set on the spirit is death. But the mind control, I mean set on the flesh is death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. Can it get any simpler this morning? The mind set on the spirit is life And peace. Verse 7: the mindset on the on the flesh is hostile to God. Anybody ever felt hostile to God? Come on, if we get honest with with ourselves, it could have been just this week. (laughs) We get hostile to God. God, I've been asking you to do something, you haven't done it. We get we get hostile, but that's when our mind is set on the flesh, on the things that we want. God, you know, I needed that boyfriend. Especially during this time of fasting, I couldn't even have, you know, pasta or steak. I need a boyfriend. And, and we get, you know, the mindset on the flesh gets hostile to God. The Word says it. It does not submit to the God's law, nor can it do so. Because listen, verse 8 says, Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. That's hardcore scripture this morning. Amen. Now, please understand, I'm not being legalistic. There's no mandate. The law doesn't say that we have to fast. You believe that? The Word doesn't say that we have to fast. And, and, and listen, you don't have to fast to have your mind set on what the Spirit desires. So I don't want anybody beating yourselves up this morning. But whenever Jesus spoke about fasting, He said things like, When you fast, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Which kind of implies to us that he's already understanding, taking for granted that we who are his are already fasting. Amen? So he says, when you fast, don't be like those, those people that always go, oh, I'm fasting, you know, to get attention from people because then you've gotten your reward. Right? He said, when you fast, put oil on your head. Let nobody know. When we're doing a corporate fast, it's a different thing. We, we have each other. We're doing something corporately, which means we're going to complain. We're going to say, yeah, I'm ugly right now, but I'm fasting. You you should know. (laughs) Love me and leave me alone. Amen? (laughs) And and also, let me just tell you this. Remember, you can choose to fast whenever you want to and however you want to. All right? Don't wait for a corporate fast. That's just something we did as a body to come together, man, and you see the results of that. But... In your own life, in your own walk, you can choose to fast whenever you want. When there's a big decision coming up in your life, when there's something that you're really struggling with, when there's something you need to break, you say to yourself, God, to the Lord, you say, Lord, I'm going to fast this week. I'm going to give this up this week. I'm going to turn my TV off this week and focus on you. I'm going to uh, put the little novellas away this week and I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to give up the steak. I'm going to give up lunch today and just focus on you. There's no set way or time or, or how to do it. You understand? It's a personal thing. Say, so God, today today I'm skipping lunch at work and I'm just going to pray through that time. If i got to hide in my car, if i got to hide in the closet at work someplace, I'm going to skip lunch and just pray through that time. Because, God, I need direction on this or that. Amen? So cool? See, what happens is by denying ourselves the foods that we love or the material things that we limit during this fast, we deny our flesh. And our flesh is that part of the sinful nature that's always screaming at us during this time, just eat the pork chop. You're at a party. God, God, I mean, let me, let me tell you the rationale that I came up with so many times. It was during the last week of the fast that was probably the hardest. Anybody agree with me? <coughs> it was brutal. One time I was in Starbucks. My, my, they, they were ordering a chai tea or something. And I'm standing there like, you know, looking at the grande, whatever. And, and, and I'm, I, I just happened to stand in front of the dessert box, right? And, and listen, there was a piece of marble cake. You know marble? Anybody like Marble cake. I swear to you, the, the, it was, you know, it's yellow cake and inside is the black marble. I swear to you, the black marble looked like angel wings. And, and I said to myself, oh, I think my wife might have told me, surely the Lord wants you to eat that cake. <laughs> there's, there's angel wings, that's heavenly. He's saying that it's heavenly. He's saying that it's godly. He's saying he wants you to eat it. Amen. See, that sinful nature is telling you Man, just sneak a cup of coffee and don't tell nobody Sneak that piece of candy Another true story I had in one of my jackets I had a piece of candy cane Left from Christmas Every time we're shopping or moving along I put my hands in my pocket and I feel that candy cane I say, Lord, surely you don't want me to have bad breath Surely, so let me just eat it for the for the you know just to not have foul odors in my mouth. Surely you, you want my breath to smell fresh when I talk to people, when I preach the word, when I share the living gospel with people, they need to smell peppermint. Amen. It was a struggle, a struggle. But listen, here's the key when we learn to deny our flesh. In one area, we train to defeat it in every area. On, if you, if you got that, you'd be excited. Do I need to step to another building and preach to another group of people? When we learn to deny our flesh in one area, we train to defeat it in every area. Now, you got to hear this here because you won't hear it anywhere else in life. Anywhere else outside of this building, you are not going to hear that you need to deny your flesh. We live in a society where temptation is more celebrated than feared. You don't believe me? Put on reality TV. Did you know there's a show called Temptation Island? How many know that Temptation Island? Put your hand. Why are you doing watching that? Some of you knew. You were like, I don't know temptation really I don't know nothing about it it's a it's a wonderful concept it's you're in a relationship with somebody and you don't know if you can trust each other you don't know if you can stay faithful to your wife or the wife doesn't know if they can stay faithful to the husband so they go on this reality show where they put you on separate parts of the island and to the guy they surround him with five slutty women and to the, to the woman, they surround her with five slutty stallions who are willing and able to do every single thing that those people want. And they have to decide, they live, I don't remember how long or how, but they stay on these islands with these people catering to them. I'm talking about. I don't, let me not even. I don't want to put word pictures in your mind, but, 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 and so at the end of the show, they have to decide whether they just want to give in through that whole temptation or whether. And so I think they agree to meet someplace if they decide to stay together. What a wonderful test for infidelity. All while we can watch. <laughs> anyway. See when you deny a piece of meat. For 21 days, you are more able to deny a piece of meat. Let the wise understand. You're more able to deny your flesh something else I just had to throw that in there That it desires that would possibly destroy your marriage You're able to deny yourself something else That would probably destroy the ch- your children That would destroy the trust that your kids have in you. you Probably destroy your chances at work Probably destroy the ability to have that great relationship That you want to have and you want to start building and so that's why we fasted together to turn to God. Amen? We fasted together to hear from God. So now what? I'm so glad you guys asked that. Because, see, when you want to hear from someone, you have to listen. Amen? Wives, husbands, when, when, when you want to listen to your spouse, you have to shut up. Amen? Amen? Can I give you some free marriage teaching? (laughs) Marriage counseling? You can't ask your husband to share and you keep talking. (laughs) All right, all right, anyway. When you want to listen, then you have to shut up. And so how do we listen to God? Well, you can lock yourselves in a room and vow to not come out till he speaks. I've heard people do that. I'm not saying nothing about it. We can put them through all kinds of silly tests. Anybody ever done that? You can can excuse your behavior by praying prayers like this. Listen, Lord, if you don't want me to sleep with that married man, let him not show up at the hotel that we plan to meet at this afternoon. God, God, just let him not show up. God, let the traffic stop them. Let the let them get caught in traffic. Let, but God let them not show up at the hotel room 357 that we was meeting at. Those are prayers that just excusing your behavior. You understand? You understand that prayer ain't hitting the ceiling. Forget about leaving the building. That's a prayer. You just want to feel holy in your sin. Am I, am, am I talking to anybody today? You pray those prayers, you ain't praying, amen? You know what you're doing. See, in reality, when it comes to the issues that we have and the basic problems, the basic struggles, the everyday life things that we question, he has already spoken about most of that. The problem is, too many who call themselves Christians don't have a clue as to what he said. Quiet. Because we don't know what was written. See, we only know... Listen, we only know what we've heard other people say about what other people have experienced, about what other people said, about what other people interpreted in their in, about what other people's uncle, who's a cousin, who's a pastor, said. You, you understand? We only know what we've heard from other people. Listen to me. This is a bold statement. I am convinced... That if those who call themselves Christians actually read the word and knew what it said, one third of the churches in, and I'm being conservative, one third of the churches in America would be empty overnight. And two thirds of the churches in America would double in size and experience revival. If Christians knew what the word said. That's why this year we're encouraging everyone to read through the entire Bible together. If you have not started, what are you waiting for? Get to the website, click on today's Bible reading and start. Amen? That's why most of our preaching series in this church are going to, from this pulpit, are going to be going through entire books of the Bible together. If you've been with us from the start, we've already preached our way through the entire book of Acts in a series called Acting Lessons. How many remember that? There's three of you here from the beginning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I haven't scared three away yet. We've gone through 1st and 2nd Kings, the whole books as we studied the life of Elijah. We've gone through the entire book of Daniel last year when we did the Daniel fast. We went through the entire book of Daniel as we studied the life of Daniel. And we just finished toward the end of last year the entire gospel of John. There are 61 more books to go. I'm going to be a disciple of his word till he comes for me or I go to him. So I say amen. Amen. Let me tell you why I love preaching through a whole book like that and why I think it's so important for the body of Christ to know the word. If it's okay with you, all I want to do today is share my heart as to where we're going this year. I kind of want to set up the year. With all the stuff in the beginning about the Daniel fast, we haven't had a chance to do that. I want to do that right now. Kind of set up the year. See, I'm going to share what God has put in my heart. This message titled, He Already Said It. Tell somebody, He already said it. He, he already said it. You know, some of us are praying and praying and praying for things he already said. You, you don't have to pray when you know what he already said. The Lord is telling me to leave my wife because this is the one that he's been holding out for me. This is my soulmate. No. He already spoke to you about that. He already said it. If he said it, forget it. Sound like an infomercial, right? Just set it and forget it. At this point, you're supposed to be really excited like the crowd. See, I, it's easier. Understand, it's easier for a preacher to highlight the awesomeness of God through the more preachable texts. Understand, so you understand where, we're, where we are and, and kind of how we are as a body we quickly learn preachers, pastors we quickly learn how to get amens we learn how to get liked we learn how to get appreciated we learn how to maybe get more people to come did you know that there are seminars I get junk mail every day there are seminars on, on you know just for pastors just for churches there are webinars there's courses available for pastors to learn how to get more people in your church to learn how to keep more people to learn how to raise more money, to learn how to make people give more of their finances, entire, entire teachers and seminars and courses. There's, 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 uh, there's, there's uh, groups and things to, to, with the titles "How to Speak to Money." I get them in the mail every day. How to Speak to Money." I mean, is, should that like break the heart of God? He says, speak to people, and, and we're taking seminars, I, I'm sure there are hundreds of pastors in these classes, how to speak to money, how to get more volunteers, how to get more out of volunteers. And then the funny thing is on the other side is like how to beat burnout. How, to, <laughs> how do I get more out of volunteers and still deal with burnout, right? Something's, something's twisted. There's, there's entire seminars and series Talking about how to break the 100 size barrier How to break the 150 size barrier The 200 size barrier And so on and so forth Listen, we can increase and not mature We can get older and not more experienced We can grow and not be any wiser we can have more people and not be adding to God's kingdom. You know how we do that? We share Christians with every other church. We never mature people long enough to, to be able to understand, this is where God wants me. I need to stay here even if He offends me. There are seasons where God will move you someplace. So I'm not, you know... But, but understand we need to... Not, not because I got offended. Not because pastor's wife didn't say hello to me this morning. Not because that's not a reason to leave. And and us churches, we do that. We share our people all over the place. I'll tell you the truth, me and our pastors from the from the Metro Ministers Network, we talk. Hey, this guy with you now? Oh yeah, yeah, he's over here. All right, man. You know. All right, as long as he's in church, amen. You know? Not like we're competing with each other. We don't care about the competition. We just want to make sure that if you're still hopping around, that means maybe you're still, you know, you're still searching or you're still seeing, or maybe you're just immature. But, but we're worried about you guys because we want you to be someplace at least. Amen? So we call each other. We say, "This this lady with you over there? Yeah, yeah, she's been coming for two or three weeks. All right, amen. That's good. See, listen, we can't call ourselves a ministry and not be ministering to anybody. I decided long ago when God called us to plant this church that it meant that he had a plan for it. Amen? I share this with church planters and younger pastors as often as I can. Listen, I decided I am not smart enough, I'm not organized enough to try to make all these things happen. I can't keep up with the latest seminar, with the latest tricks, with the latest bells and whistles to to keep people, to hold people, to build people. I'm not that smart, I'm not that organized. So I decided, along with the team that God has surrounded me with, that if I just kept it simple, Meaning, if I just love people without judgment, if I just encourage people with the plans that God has for them, if I just believe in people sometimes more than they believe in themselves, if I just share God's word, which transformed my mind, and share God's love, which transformed my heart, then God will build His church. He'll add, He'll subtract, and He'll supply. Somebody say amen. Amen. See, because listen, you can hear great sermons until you're so full that you can preach them back and still not have a clear understanding of the basics of our faith. Amen? So when we go through an entire book of the Bible together, we get the full text. It means that we have to deal with some of the less preachable texts. That are in the word. We have to deal with the stuff that that at face value doesn't make sense. We have to deal with the stuff that might paint God in a bad picture, that might bring a little confusion, that might that might, you know, cause us to think certain things, and we have to press on through it and see what God has for us. Amen. We have to deal with the stuff that gets ugly. When you preach through an entire book, and and listen, sometimes I get scared to death when I'm done Sunday because I say, Okay, when, when I start again studying Monday or Tuesday and I start to read, I say, Oh man, how am I gonna deal with that? That I'm I'm talking about dealing with the texts that don't fill churches, don't pack auditoriums, and don't sell books. But they're critical. And vital and beneficial Because, listen church When you're in the trenches In the everyday, when you're in the struggle You need more than some clever words Spoken in the right tone At the right time I I wish there were some mature Christians in here Listen, when doubts come And when the struggles begin You need more than five keys To unlock your spiritual potential you need more than seven steps to a better you. You need more than how to feel good on a bad day. Four pathways to peace. Listen, when, when, you, when, you're, when you're getting your shine on at work and there's seekers and atheists coming at you with all kinds of questions about your faith, you can't start to defend your faith with the words, my pastor says, T.D. Jakes says, Joe Osteen wrote twice in two books Because the, the people are going to tell you I, I, I don't know those people I don't know I don't care what those people say What do you say? What do you say? True story I used to be intimidated by people of other religions I used to think that they know the word better than I do, that they study more than I do, that they pray more than I do. Anybody ever felt that way? We say, man, those people that are knocking on my door Saturday morning, they either got to be out their minds, or they know more than I do, and, and they want to come and fight Scripture with me. They know more than I do. They know the word better than I do. They study more than I do. That, that was my, my, my thinking. And I have to tell you, after (coughs) I got I got studied some more, after I started you know digging in for myself, and after I had quite a few experiences with those people from different beliefs, I found that they don't know more of the word. I found that they have been trained to defend what they've been told to believe. Big difference. Big difference. They've been trained to defend what they've been told to believe. Listen, I don't want to train you to defend what I believe. I want you to have the truth in you to such full measure that you know what you believe, you know why you believe, you know who you believe, you know how you believe. Amen and amen and amen. I want you to preach your own sermons because there's so much word stored up in you that you can't keep it in. Amen? You don't know what that's like when you... You know what it's like when you eat too much steak and too much arbitralas and too much patelles and you know all that is in you and you can't move. But you don't know what it's like when there's so much word in you. There's so much spirit in you. You can't... Yeah, everything is a message to you. Amen? <laughs> and I'm not saying you walk around obnoxious you know, like judging people and, 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 and giving everybody oh I got a headache, well the Lord says that you shouldn't have a headache because the word, no I'm not talking about you being I- idiots, amen I'm talking about always having a good word stored up in you to encourage, knowing when to shut up, knowing when to just lay a hand on somebody and hold them knowing because you're so close to God the spirit of God is inside you you know when you gotta drop a scripture and when you need to hold one Amen? Woo! Say uh oh. So, next week I'm starting a brand new series. We're gonna walk through the entire book of Genesis. We're gonna go right to the beginning. We're gonna tear into Genesis. Listen, listen, let me tell you some things about Genesis. The Bible would not only be incomplete but incomprehensible without Genesis. There are things all throughout the Word that would not make sense if we don't learn what we learn in Genesis. Incomprehensible. You can't have the gospel without Genesis. You wouldn't understand why Jesus had to die. That's dumb. Unless you understood the the, the redemption and the the curse and the blood in Genesis. There, There are things... Listen, in Genesis we learn... And Genesis sets the stage for the entire drama of redemption. It unfolds throughout the rest of the Bible. In Genesis, it tells us how people were created and placed in a perfect environment. In Genesis, it explains how sin began, how God would treat evil. It tells us how nations got started. It tells us where languages came from. Genesis is amazing. Genesis reveals God's glorious plan to build a kingdom of redeemed people. Come on, that's exciting. This is going to be, I believe, the most comprehensive study we've ever done And I believe the most beneficial Because we're going to go to the beginning And start at the beginning And we're going to lay this foundation That each of you, as God calls you for certain things Are just going to build on that foundation And it's going to be a foundation That wherever God sends you If He should call you from here If He should send you to the nations Wherever He takes you That foundation is going to be something that's always going to be there Amen? Something that we'll always be building on. Listen, Genesis is something, although it was written years and years and years before Jesus ever comes onto the picture physically, it tells us how it would happen, why it needed to happen. It, it, ta- it says the whole gospel. You can find Jesus in every chapter of Genesis. That's going to be exciting. That don't make sense. Genesis is the Old Testament you don't know where it is, that's the first book. You open right to the Bible and bam, first book. So this series is going to be so easy for us because we're not going to be looking through all everything. It's just open the beginning. It's right in the beginning. It tells us, it's such an incredible book. I believe it's going to increase everybody's faith immensely. I encourage you to not miss one section of it, amen? Now listen, if you've been following our reading plan... Here's a little trick I learned from other pastors You look at your clock And it makes people think that you care about the time And if he's going long or short So it encourages those that are ready to leave You know, he said, oh wow, he's, he's mindful Listen It's just one of those tricks you learn at one of those seminars It's, it's, it's awesome That one was worth the $99 Listen, if, if you've been following our reading plan You already read through the entire book of Genesis How many people here? Amen. Do you see that? There's a church here that read through the book of Genesis already. That's I wonder if we asked that at other places, how many people could re- raise their hands? That's awesome, man. I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of you guys. So if you've already you 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 should be well into Exodus by now, and no doubt there were some things you read through Genesis that you wanted some explanation on. Amen. I was getting people walking in angry on Sunday. Listen, you got to tell me, Kep, I saw because this guy from... Uh, how God's going to do that to this person? And how this and how... And I said, amen. Amen. <laughs> Sister, you read something. Amen. <laughs> amen. Come to Wednesday, the discipleship class, and ask Pastor Gary. He's going to break it down for you. Amen. So we're going to do that and so much more throughout this series. Amen. Okay, so I want to close with this today. How many of you believe that God speaks through dreams? If you don't, you haven't read your Bible. And if you think that was just for, for back then, you're in the wrong church. Because, see, we can't serve a supernatural God and not walk in the supernatural. We, we can't serve a, a supernatural God and not leave room for the supernatural. Amen we can't you can't tell god god you show up between 11:15 and 11:45 before the preaching starts or before the announcements or god don't don't let us not be able to take an offering you know we got to pay the rent in this place right we can't put god on a time clock and tell him i need you to show up between here and here and i need you to finish neatly be here and have everybody back in their seats at the right time that's the rule you're in the wrong place if you like got appointments after church anyway so, so listen, God speaks to dreams and, and you know what's awesome about when we, when we look in the Word, how God speaks to dreams? God even speaks to the worst pagans through dreams. The worst dudes in history. God gives them dreams. The worst gangsters throughout time. People that was killing people that was doing, God will give them dreams. So if God can speak to pagans, He can speak to His people. Amen? See, the reason most of those people couldn't interpret some of those dreams is because they didn't know the Word. That's why it's so important for us to know the Word. When we know the Word, God will give us a dream and we'll understand it. Because we know the, the, the way He speaks. We know His language, amen? How many of you understand, those of you that are married, you know when your wife is uncomfortable and it's time to go right you're at somebody's house and she'll say (laughs) right you know when your husband says all right mamita it's time we have a sign we go that means listen the company's beautiful It's having a nice time but it's time to go right and so you see we need to know God like that we need to know when God is giving us the signals when God is showing us things that he's saying listen it's time to go Listen, it's time to get up Listen, it's time to shut up Listen, it's time to step out Listen, it's time to stand up Listen, it's time to proclaim It's time to walk It's time to build It's time to grow It's time to... Amen? We need to know Him like that When God goes like this to us We need to say, yes, Lord Be out Be out I thank God I think He saved my life A million times on the streets He's told me when to cross the street And He's told me when to stand strong and I've seen both times him be faithful. Amen? Not that I'm like gangster or nothing, but, but I've seen both times him be faithful. There's times when God will say, don't, don't, be, don't be, you know, macho. Cross the street. The, the, the enemy's bringing something your way. He wants to, he, he wants to sift you. And, but Jesus said, but I pray that you might come through. Amen? So I'm, I'm, I'm giving you in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you won't satisfy. The flesh will say, I'll take all six of these brothers on. What? What? right what what you crazy you don't know me you don't know me right the spirit said humble yourself and cross the street you might look like a punk but i want to save you for another day no weapon formed against you will prosper but don't look for weapons that will hurt you amen anyway that was a bonus that was a bonus so listen last week i had an incredible dream I mean, an incredible dream. What I've learned to do now is I keep my phone right by my bed. I used to keep a pad and a pen, and I encourage you to start doing this because how many know when you have this incredible dream and it has all these pictures and all these things happen, and it's so elaborate, it's like a four-hour movie. You wake up, you know, in the middle of the night, you go, oh my God, I can't wait to tell somebody that. I can't wait to, to think about that. I can't wait to share that. And you wake up in the morning and it's... Where's my bagel? Where's my coffee? I got it. Gone. Wait, I think I had a dream last night. No, you didn't. All right, maybe I didn't. Right? So I encourage you, keep a pad and a pencil or your iPhone. There's an app for that, man. Just keep, keep, keep a, a, a pad. Keep something ready. right? Okay, so this Monday, I had a dream. This is incredible. Listen. God used Sal and Jesse in this dream for me. Sal and Jesse. Let me tell you the dream first, and then I'm going to interpret it. Sal and Jesse had a daughter, If you guys know they have three sons, Sal and Jesse had a daughter and she was lost, and we were searching for her, the four of us, me, my wife, Sal and Jesse, <coughs> we were going up and down the elevators of this big building that apparently they lived in, we were looking for her desperately. You can imagine if you've ever lost a child eh, for a moment at the mall or something. You, you, you're frantic. We were looking desperately. We were going up and down the elevators, meeting each other, looking for this daughter. And, and so out of, out of nowhere in this dream, Sal brought in this, this reader, like a reader type of guy. You know? And I, I thought it was, it was weird until God showed me what it was. But he brought in this reader to help us find her. This is not a, a reason for you to go to psychics or nothing like that. I'll, I'll explain it. But he brought in this reader for for us to to help her. And so the guy came and he read the apartment and he said, she's still here somewhere. Her scent is here. Okay? So Sal and I all of a sudden started playing the djembe's. These are, these are djembes. These are um, drums, right? And so in, in the dream, Sal and I started just playing, like wailing on, on the djembes. And, and we kept with these strong rhythms, you know, and we were worshiping. And all of a sudden, it was getting harder and harder to hit the, the, the djembes because it felt like we were underwater. It felt like we were playing underwater. So you imagine, you know, the resistance underwater. And so it was hard to, to keep hitting these things. And the sound got muffled like we were underwater and so we keep on and we keep on struggling to to keep this rhythm and we kept playing even though everything sounded muffled and we were really underwater I looked over at my wife and she was floating and struggling and she was being tossed around by the currents of the water she's just floating. and I'm bugging out in the living room she's just floating and kind of battling and struggling and trying to you know get get to get her place and so, I, I, you know, I, th- that was happening. All of a sudden, Sal screams at me and he says, look, there was a big mirror in the house and the words appeared on the mirror that said, rear stairs. He said, she's there. And so everyone ran out of the house, but I stayed behind to watch the house. They all ran to the rear stairs. They found her and they brought her back to the apartment. I woke up at exactly 5.30 in the morning, but I kept thinking 4.30. The numbers 4.30 kept coming to me, and so I wrote 4.30, but then I never went back to sleep that night, so I know it was 5.30 that I saw on the cable box. So I wrote both numbers down. Here's the interpretation. You ready? Yeah. Let the Spirit hear what God says to His church. Gary and I have been praying about it for a few days. We've been discussing it. And here's what God revealed to us. Whenever you dream of a baby or a person being pregnant, it's usually speaking of or relating to a ministry, relating to a calling that that that, that person has. That, That God is birthing something through someone. We had tons of dreams before we started this church that my wife was pregnant, that I was pregnant, that everybody on our team was pregnant. It was God was about to birth something. This church is 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 the baby. Amen. Now, understand, this is using biblical methods. I'm not trying some new age stuff. I didn't get a, a, a book at Barnes & Noble about dreams. There's, all kind, there's a whole shelf full of them. This is not also some Puerto Rican folklore that, you know, they say, oh, the, you know, your grandma tells you if, if, if you have a dream about this, it means this. If you lose a teeth, somebody's dead. Everybody, everybody knows those Puerto Rican myths. I'm talking about biblical interpretation of a dream. Amen. Here's a shameless plug. Gary has a book called Dream Interpretation with a lot of these models. you You can buy it on our website. Go check it out. So if you know Sal and Jesse, you know, me and my wife, we know Sal and Jesse for many, many, many years. Even if those of you that know them for a short time and see Sal up here as the worship pastor, you can see a desire in them for more of anything as far as, you know, as far as ministry. The thing that they have is to, to, to they've always wanted to be in revival. To be in God's presence. To, to have worship that just releases bondages. To, to be in a worship experience where people are changed and transformed. Listen, before, b- before we planted this church, they would drive 16 hours to Morningstar. They, they led me to those places. My wife and I drove to Morningstar. We'd drive 16 hours just to be in a place where the Spirit of God was moving and there was freedom in worship. We've driven to Canada just when we heard there was a revival up there because we just wanted to be in a place that there was freedom to worship God. So we've gone all the way north. We've gone all the way south. We've driven to places. We've gone to places just to be in in these circles. Amen? There's, There's a term among these circles called being in the river. Let me show you biblically. John 737 Jesus stood and said in a loud voice if anyone is thirsty let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said streams of living water will flow from within him and by this he meant the spirit whom those believed in him were later to receive So Sal and Jesse have been searching for this daughter since we got a taste of God back in those days. Many of you and many of those on our team know what I'm talking about. We've taken these trips. I went to Brownsville for the revival. I went to Toronto to hear about the blessing. i And Pastor Gary, forget it, he's taking me all over. Because if Gary hears God at some place, he wants to be there. That's Gary's heart. He don't care how. If we got to walk to Toronto, we walk to Toronto. But, but if God, and, and Gary's another one, man, he's taken me through some places. We've gone to places where, like when Steve Hill was, was, was ministering the revival in Brownsville, we, we went and stood in Brownsville eight hours to get in. We would have to wait online at eight in the morning to get into an eight o'clock service. And on that line, God would touch people, and, and it was just amazing. And so when we would actually meet these people, Pastor Gary would stand in and just say, I love you. Right, Jesse? He would, And I'd be embarrassed. I'm standing with this guy like, come on, G. And i said, you know, I mean, he, he just, he's really, he wants God, man. He just, I had to explain for Gary, you know. But, so, so we've been longing for this thing. And, and Sal and Jesse have been searching for this daughter since we got a taste of the freedom back in those places. Their heart from the beginning of this church plant was for this place to be a, a, a church that allowed and celebrated freedom in worship. The reader that, that, that he brought in, the reader was like a prophet. And the prophet, God sends prophets and prophetic words to, to his people to warn, to encourage, to confirm. And the prophet in the dream said, the sense is here. You're looking in the right place. Is anybody getting excited? he said she's close and so when we worshiped see Sal and I worship together every Sunday he's responsible usually in song and I'm responsible in words when we worship it was all about drums playing and drums represent the praying and warfare it represents a hardcore intercession right well 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 church we've been fasting we've been praying we've been reading the word that's hardcore Amen? Some of you have been in church 14 years and you've never been this hardcore. The drums are intercession. And so when the drums were played, the room filled up with water till we were literally underwater. That's the rivers of living water that Jesus was speaking about. That out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water. It's the Spirit of God submerging us. Listen, my wife in the dream, my wife being my bride represents the bride of Christ. My wife represents the church. Whenever you have a dream like that, a husband in a dream can represent the groom. A husband can represent Christ in your dreams. See, the bride or the church in this dream was being tossed back and forth, struggling in her quest to find this daughter. And when we played the drums, that intercession, the prayer, the fasting, God answered through miraculous signs. Words appeared on the mirror. It said, Rear stairs. Listen, church, there is a rear staircase, the river is hidden. We read in Genesis 28, and he, Jacob, dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. A staircase is a going up and down of glory. Somebody should be excited. Well when they went to the stairs they found her. See, God allowed us and directed us to find the glory of God. It was in the staircase because there's an up and down reach into heaven where the angels of God ascend and descend and the glory of God falls. I woke up at 5:30. 5 is the number of grace which is, which is, explains why people like us who are unqualified, unworthy, but the number of grace 30, 30 is the number for the maturity of a ministry David's ministry came to maturity at 30 Jesus was 30 when he stepped out in his ministry I kept thinking 4.30, and I even wrote that on my phone at the time. Well, listen to this. Acts 4.30 says, When you stretch out your hand to cure and to perform signs and wonders through the authority and by the power of Jesus Christ. And when they prayed, the place in which they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they continue to speak the word of God with freedom and boldness and courage. Church, I truly believe that what we're starting to see come forth through this time of fasting, of reading, of praying. So we're going to do that today. You already hear the drums playing, symbolic of the, the fasting, the praying, the intercession. I want to use Jesus' words and say, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and take a drink. Let's stand, church. Let's stand. If you want the promise of God to manifest in your life, I'm going to ask you this morning to step into the river of God. If you want to walk in freedom and boldness and courage, I want to ask you this morning to step up and step in. Come on. it he already said it he already said it he said if you're thirsty come come take a drink take a drink take some this ain't some crazy Pentecostal type of no we are Pentecostal amen. Led by the Spirit of God. Come on, let the dance dance, let the singers sing, let the prayer warriors pray, let the intercessors cry out. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship.